And we're here with this week's edition of the Cannon Podcast. Ken Brown from WJR Radio, Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike O'Hara. Hello, Ken Brown. You sound like you're in a good mood. It must be football season. Well, it's not football season in Detroit because I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a long, long year, it looks like right now. And um, like I say, I'm not, I'm not happy about it, but I understand – the situation and what's going on with it. Uh, maybe that's just a uh, um, residual from the terrible showing Saturday in Pittsburgh, but we'll get to that in a little while. Uh, Mike O'Hara, do we overreact or underreact to preseason games? Let's get that out the way right up front. Well, what, Kenny Brown, what do I always say about preseason games? They only count when you lose. They well, don't count when you win. They right. don't mean anything when you win. Well, they I don't even count, count score. I'm not even care about win or loss, just the way you play. Yeah. I've seen games where you've, they've lost and played well, but they they were terrible. First half lethargic, just nothing. Well, part of it, though, is keep in mind, they were playing their, their backups against the Steelers starters. There's a little bit, little bit of a difference there. You know, look at the guys the Lions didn't even play, so that, that's part of it. But that doesn't excuse – some of the things that happened, for example, doesn't excuse Darren Fells, a tight end, veteran tight end, getting three penalties in a span of about seven snaps. Uh, in his post-game interview, the head coach Dan Campbell called it crap, and so you know if that's what he that's what he said, then I'll go along with him. But no, it was not a good performance. I thought they did some things in the second half, well, in the fourth quarter with David Blau in a quarterback, and I also think that there were some individual performances that you look at that were promising for the Detroit Lions. Overall, not good, but you look for the good that's in there that's part of the bad, and I think there was some of that. Okay, now, Dan Campbell, he seems to be semi-conscious, I'll say, or semi, semi he's coherent. He's not incoherent. I don't know how he looked at that and said that Tim Boyle is an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. That's not an NFL quarterback I saw out there. I don't care if he was playing with the fourth string. And he he does have a record from Green Bay of playing in, in regular season games. He has a, a preseason record, but um, the preseason championships go long and far in this country. Why, what, why are they holding on to this guy? Well, why not? What have they gained by cutting him? Because they're not going to play Jared Goff and they're not going to play David Blau the whole game, so why why would they get rid of him? No, I'm talking about such a thing. He, he's not going to be well, any help for you this year coming up. You've seen it in practice. You've seen it now in games. He doesn't have a record, like I said, a track record. I don't see a skill that I, that I like out of him. Well, who's to say that he's going to be the backup quarterback? I'm talking about on the squad. Forget about the backup quarterback. I'm on the, I mean, why are you even trying to groom somebody that he has no skill? I think you're overreacting. I really do. I don't think you're talking about a guy who's not going to play. Yeah, we but say that all the time when Stafford's there, too. Guys are not going to play. Then you have David Blau starting five games one year as a rookie, an undrafted rookie that was traded to you. So you never okay. know when somebody's going to be able to play or have to play. Well, I, look, I agree with you. I don't think – look, I think if you just look at the eye test – David Blau has won the backup job just based on – Right, and that's not that's Christmas time either now. Let, before you get started on that, he may have won the backup job, but that ain't exactly Christmas with him being the backup. I, th- I think he's got a lot to be desired. He just looks better than than Tim Boyle. 
Well, I'll have to say this, Kenny. Your fascination with the backup quarterback job exceeds mine by a big margin. I know, but then, then you're one so of the guys, event, and you're one of the guys in the eighth game when Stafford's back is hurt, and we have nobody out there. We put throwing out retreads, has-beens, and never was, and you trying to figure out how they're going to win. I think of things beforehand. Your backup quarterback, I told you to me, it's one of the seven most important positions on the team because once well, you get past that starter – the backup quarterback is one of the seven most important. I said it. I've said it every year. I say because you got to have a guy that can win a game for you when your starter goes out. And okay, I, and I'll grant you this. And you know who else has said it? Who? Nobody. No, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Nobody. All right. Look, maybe I'm a little excited about the quarterback because I just, I just think they're terrible. A little excited. Uh, yeah, because I, I look the I, National Football League is year. not stacked with great backups. What? Well, the reason I'm really upset is because, and I'm going back to the Bob Quinn era of drafting. You got a number three pick last year when you passed on two quarterbacks that you could have been a backup or even a starter this year for a guy from. Elvis Toast Patterson's reincarnated son, Jeff Akuda, who in two years has shown me nothing as a number three pick. And I said it last year, you don't take corners that high unless they return punts, kickoffs, or running four twos on the field or have some discernible skill that you can't find anywhere else, can play receiver. He was just a corner with de- with decent numbers. And I haven't seen a play out of him in two years besides that interception against Arizona. Well, where do you get two years? This year and last year. Well, this year and last year. This year hasn't even started. We're still. I'm talking about training camp this year, <laughs> last year of the season. All right. Have you seen a skill out of him, Mike? Yeah, I do. I think he's. I think he's got a chance to be a good cornerback, good solid cornerback. Good solid. Does number three and, pick? We'll does number there. three pick in the draft translate to your adjective? Good solid. Well, good solid. You know, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I think he's got I think he's got the skills to play quarterback in the national cornerback in the National Football League. I really do. I, mean, I watch him out there. I watch him practice every day. He works at it. He's got you know, he's got some athleticism. Made one bad play. Made one good play in in, uh, in the game against Pittsburgh. I just don't. I haven't seen a flash out of him. Like I said, well, number three pick in the draft, you should be flashing. Even if you don't know what you're doing out there, you should be flashing. I haven't seen it. Well, but like I said, it's early. We'll wait. But for, I just think when you get <laughs> top five picks in the Even draft. Even if you don't make a play, you should be flashing. What does that mean? You No, I didn't say don't make a play. I said you should be flashing. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you should be flashing on plays. You should be you should be noticeable out there on the field. The only way he's noticeable is when he gets burned. But like I said, we'll, I'll let that go. Look, I, I'm just going through this whole litany because I just think – the book on Bob Quinn's drafting, I know he's gone now and you got a new system in and you got new people, but I'm looking at these picks, man, Okuda, Tease Tabor, Will Harris, and I even got to Jelani Tavai yet. Yeah, we're going to get to him in a minute. Jared Davis, Carrion, Tracy Walker, Ashawn Robinson. The only three good picks he had out of the top three rounds in those drafts was Galladay, Decker, and Glasgow. And that's five years' worth of, worth of you know, top three picks. Oh, you don't want to talk about that. You forgot their Pro Bowl center, Kenny. Oh, I'm sorry, I did. Well, I'm sorry, I did. I did. I forgot about Ray. Yeah, yeah, you did. I let's let's, just, let's put just four. End this let's put it, four. Until you figure out. Let's put four. Okay, so four. You got that's four. Four. Four players out of five, three, five times three, fifteen draft picks. Okay, 
I don't know when you went to school. I don't know if Persian, if that's a passing grade, but at Cass Tech, it wasn't. Yeah, but you stopped. You no. stopped. What about Decker? Not a good player? What about who? Taylor Decker. Not a good player? I got Decker. I said Gaudi, Decker, and Glasgow. And that you, I forgot about Ragnar. I added him. That's four good players out of five years of top first, second, third round picks. That's it. But like I said, that's why he got fired. I'm just letting you know now that the new group is starting in a hole because your younger players, they're just, they're just not there. You're getting drafted, you know, uh, free agents and waiver pickups now to, to, to fill your roster out because you missed on so many picks. So, but that's why they're not here anymore. I'm just saying this is the point we're starting with this year. I think we better get back to the backup quarterback. Well, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'll talk about it. That's the way it is. Um, I don't know what to think offensively of this team because, like you said, nobody played. But you've seen enough practice to know if when Hawkinson and Swift come back and hopefully they stay healthy, uh, Terrell Williams, well, I think, is a good player. Well, you think they need Swift and Hawkinson? I'm just saying, do they have enough offense to score points this year is what I'm what asking. What do you think you. they need them, though? I think they need a, a a true not a true a true number one receiver. He doesn't have to be a high price guy like you know. Um, you, you know, can, can I just can I just interject one thing right here? Sure. And then we're going to go back about three minutes in this rant. You know, Hawkinson was drafted by Bob Quinn. So was DeAndre Swift. Those are good players. Swift is left to and be go on determined. And, Hawkinson was we, a good player. We, Hawkinson was a good player. Hawkins was a good. We player. could go on and on with this. We can but that's still, Mike. The, the numbers to. are still not good. We, well, we, I haven't stopped. Well, I'm, I'm, take stopped. your first three rounds. I went back for three rounds for all the Quinn's drafts, and I did forget Hawkinson too. Those are straight. Okay, even if you got five out of fifteen, that's not good. So you did. You, so you did thorough research, and you forgot Hawkinson. Well, out of sight, out of mind. What are you talking about? Out of sight, out of mind. I forgot. What are you he, he hadn't played about? in a while, so I forgot about him. Out of sight, out of mind. He hadn't played in a while. He hadn't played in a while. He missed the game. So, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so you gonna sit here and say Quinn drafted? Are, are you burning? No, 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 no. Hold burning? on. Are you gonna sit here and say when Quinn are drafted? You burning? <laughs> some of his picks were good. Some of them weren't. He had he had two second round picks, two years apart. I think Tease Tabor and and Jelani Tavai. Didn't work out. What about Ashawn Robinson? I don't think that worked out. Well, it worked out to the fact that he got signed as a free agent by another team and is making a lot of money. He's been in the league six years, so yeah, he can't play a drop and then play the drop. Well, that, that's, that's hadn't played a drop for it. Okay, well, so so the the prerequisite of drafting players now is hoping another team signs them in for a big contract. Is no, that what is that well, what you're telling me? Well, is that, is that what Graham Glasgow did? He actually he actually played here and he was wanted, you know. He just left. He actually played here and played good. Robinson, they couldn't wait to get him out of town. Well, they didn't make a bid for. I like Glasgow, but they didn't make a bid on him either. No, but I said he was wanted. He was wanted around the league. Robinson, <laughs> I don't know where they found him to find him a home, and not, and they're not happy with him out there either. Trust me. Right. You don't know. Okay. I'm just reading. I only can read the papers. I can read the papers like you can. I'm reading the L.A. paper. I know. You know why? I, I know you can read the papers because I can hear your finger moving That's across it. the pages. That's it. And I'm not even going to talk about Jelani Tavai because I just like my mother. If you have nothing good to say about somebody, don't say anything. So we'll just move on from that. I, so I got a feeling. A, I got a feeling that a, they'll be taking care of that within the next uh, ten days. We'll all t- we'll all be aware of that. 
what your mother said applies to Jelani Tavai, but it doesn't apply to the other guys. <laughs> no, I don't, because they stick it around. <laughs> but, look, I'm going to be positive. Let's I'm talk a, about something. I'm a positive man. I'm going to be positive. I well, thought I Derek Barnes should be getting some run with the better players this week. I want to see him against some, you know, second and first string players because I can tell a linebacker with instincts. I don't, I don't care who he's playing against. When you see guys make plays, they're going to make plays against whoever they're out there with. That kid makes plays. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, I thought that was a good pick, a good pickup in the fourth round. In fact, they traded up to get him one pick after they took uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, the wide receiver from Southern Cal. Uh, I'd, I'd say that uh, Derek Barnes from Purdue, he was a, a rush end basically for the start of his career at Purdue, played inside linebacker his last year. The versatility's there. You can see that on the field. And his role with the Detroit Lions, I think, will be inside linebacker with some ability to move around. And, and like you did, you can see him chase down plays. He had two broken, uh, two pass breakups in that game Saturday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had a tackle for loss. He had a sack. Those are those are plays. There's a big difference, Ken, between between tackles and plays. You see guys chew up tackles, get five, six, seven, eight tackles, but they're all after three, four, five, six yard gains. Give me a guy who gets in the gap, chases the ball carrier down from sideline to sideline, and make plays. I'll take that over tackles any day of the week. Like I said, the word you all that was the word I just used. He flashes. You can take the, all that you just did and put it to one word. He flashes. And like you said, that's better than any tackling statistic or whatever. He flashes out there. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm impressed with this draft class so far as of guys making plays. I mean, the first four picks, even though I saw – Penny Sewell get ragdolled by somebody the other night on the cell on the in the first series, but that's another story. I think all these guys, the two D tackles make plays. Um, St. Brown makes plays. We just talked about Derek Barnes. So I this class to me, right now, it's only been two games and practices, but I I I like what I'm seeing out of these guys. Yeah, I like what I've seen too. What I've seen, I think it's I think it's a good solid class and these are guys who are going to be sort of maybe maybe like the 2013 Lions that started with Ezekiel Anson right through a punter at the, in the fifth round and, and other guys you know Darius Slay in the third round, uh, Quandre Diggs in the sixth I think he came, came in that draft. I think this I'd be, I, I I think this draft class has a chance to be close to that. Not necessarily going to make it you know with three Pro Bowlers in there, but and Theo Riddick I should have mentioned too just a terrific slot receiver. For the Lions, I don't. You know, I, I'm not sure this class has the potential to do all that, but it looks on its own like a pretty good draft class. Just keep it up. You got to start the foundation somewhere, and you take it from that. Maybe this will be the class that starts it because, uh, like I said, uh, the drafting hadn't been that great. Um, do you think the number one receiver is on this team now? Uh, for how long? No, I mean, do you think when all is said and done at the end season? of the year? Do you think the number one receiver is on the roster at the minute? Yeah, I think probably because it's hard to you know it's hard to get guys. The, the guys you get after waivers and, and cuts and all that, you get them for a reason. Now, if there's somebody out there who's embroiled in a contract situation and the Lions want to make a move on them, 
you know, that's a different. That's yeah, a different, I, I'm counting trades. That's too. a different class. Right, I'm counting trades. I'm just saying, do you think that they're gonna stand put and pick from what they have, or are they gonna go out no, and try to get another so. guy? No, I, I think they'll. I think they'll upgrade the best they can. But is there anybody really out there that you know who's not, you know, like on his last legs that you can go out and, and, and acquire somehow? Either whether it's, you know, a waiver claim after the cuts, although it, although. You know, with the with the veterans, they have the rights. You know, you know they they're not subject to waivers until I think until the trade deadline. You know, they're vested veterans, so it's hard to do. It sounds easy. You know, just well, we just get so and so on waivers. Well, that's usually the guys you get on waivers now are, you know, first, second, third year guys are being cut for just you know lack of production. So, yeah, I think probably Tyrell Williams is the is, is going to be their leading receiver. In terms of the wide receivers, T.J. Hawkinson's going to be the lead receiver, though, and probably DeAndre Swift will be number two. Yeah, that's why I said wide receiver. I'm just talking receiver. Yeah, no, I know. Um, so what do you expect to see this week? I know Don Mubai got cut, and we can do a whole hour on that because I believe last week we were saying how – not we, you, if we go back to the tape, we were saying how he was going to be around. But that's okay. Well, uh, he, he was he was let go for a punt, you know another long snapper. But what do you see this week happening? And – do you think the last exhibition game, which is the third exhibition game now, they're going to play the starters, or are we going to see another, you know, backup bonanza like we did last week? I think more of a backup bonanza. I think uh, I think more and more teams are are getting ready for the season uh, in in training camp and, and in, on the practice field more than they are in the preseason games because they can control the environment. Or they can control what happens, and that includes, you know, when you have uh, combined practices against other teams. If you want to run a drill and the play doesn't work the way you like it, you can run it over. You can work on things any way you want to. You can't do that in a preseason game. Now you might have some gentleman's agreement that you're not going to, you know, cut guys below the knees and things like that. But and I don't even know if you can do that anymore. But I think you're going to. You're not going to see Hawkinson. I don't think you're going to see Swift. I'd be surprised, not shocked, but surprised if. Uh, Jared Goff plays. I'd be surprised if a number of the defensive linemen, starters played. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Derek Barnes play again and uh, Anthony Pittman play again. Guys like that. Uh, 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 Julian uh, Okwara wouldn't be surprised to see him play. But but the established guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they just tuck it in and let's get ready for San Francisco. Well, the coach also said that. Guys who you thought or he thought were going to make the team aren't that assured anymore. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But basically he's saying some guys who think they're safe, they're not safe. Name me one surprise person. I don't want you to give me the who's going to get cut, but one surprise person who may be on the bubble to you. And give me one surprise person that came back to camp this year that's played better than you thought and really upped their game since last year. Well, if you just go by, you know, production and what you see on the field, and what about a wide receiver, Tom Kennedy? I mean, I'd, and, and I'll just get the opposite way, and I hate to say this because, you know, I covered his father for, throughout his career here in Detroit, uh, Brett Perriman, but uh, I haven't, you know, Brashad Perriman, I haven't seen anything. Just haven't seen anything. Really, you know, he had a chance to make a play, and make a catch uh, against the Steelers, and, and he pushed off. He didn't have to do that. You had the path of the ball, you know, reach your arms out, catch the ball in your hands, and, and move on. But no, he sort of you know, took the easy way out and, and got an offensive uh, 
offensive pass interference penalties. So I think I wouldn't be if you just go by production. I could see Tom Kennedy making it and Brashad not making it. Now that's not, believe me, it's not etched in stone. It's not based on anything anybody's told me or anything like that, but just what I've heard with my own ears in the press conference and what I saw and I've seen on the field for three weeks, yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even go count him because I, I, I thought it was a nothing pickup when they got him, and it, it, that's what it's become. You when know, they got who? When they got Pam, when they picked him up. I didn't think much of the pickup no, when they got him, so I'm not even going to include him as disappointing because he's about what I expected out of him. I'm going to tell you who's well, disappointed me so far. He's a, he's a former first-round draft pick. Yeah, but not from us. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm just – you're right. He's been with a bunch of teams. He's moved around. He's, he, he is what they got with him. You tried to get a bargain basement buy – and that's what you ended up with. You know, sometimes you go to the $5, the dollar store, you get what you pay for. And that's what they got with him. You know, they got it. They hope they could shine him up and he could do a little bit. But like you said, I haven't seen it yet. And it's still time. No, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't a minimum contract by any means. No, though. no. It was a, no. They, they, they paid a little bit of money for him. Yeah. And it's, it's been disappointing. Well, at least it's one year and then you'll be done with it after this year. You had to put somebody out there, you know. Um, Tracy Walker is the – disappointing guy coming back to me that I thought would be better. I thought he would have been better last year, and I kind of blamed it on the coaching. I thought he'd be better this year after getting rid of Patricia and getting a new coach in, especially a Glenn who's a defensive guy, a back guy. But I haven't seen it yet out of him, and I don't know if we're ever going to see it again. That's my disappointing one. I think Austin Bryant, if he can stay off the injured list, he he makes plays when he's out there, and he's he's done that two years now. He just – you can't stay on the field. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He's uh, he had re- he really had a terrific practice uh, last week, really an obsession where he really looked good, and he took it to the playing field. Now he had the one penalty, the face mask penalty. It was one of those things where you just kind of get tangled up, but it wasn't you know it wasn't like deliberately hitting low or anything like that. It wasn't you know uh, offside on a third one. It was just you know it's a tough game in there, and sometimes you get into a compromised a position where, you know, he ended up hitting the guy in, around the face mask and that's an automatic penalty and nobody, nobody cares that you didn't mean to do it. But, but yeah, I, I think he, uh, I think he's a guy who, who, who looks like he's got a chance to contribute there. And then there's another guy, Ken Strong. We've seen him for a couple of years now. A guy made the roster a year ago as a, as an undrafted free agent, defensive end, Get him out there, and he makes plays. Yeah. Whoever he plays against, he ma- he makes plays. Yeah. I'm not talking about going in and starting, but I'm talking about being, a, you know, a, a priority rotation player. Yeah. Do you think that at the end of next week, well, five are going to be cut by the time you guys hear this broadcast. But do you think by the end of next week they're going to make the decision between Brad and um, Dan that we're either going to gut a lot of veterans and just break it down with rookies and save money and just plow through the season, or will they try to stick it out, win as many games as they can, if it means keeping a veteran who probably has the same or a little more talent than a younger guy which may be able to develop and become a better player next year? Where do, you think they're going, do you think they'll decide that before the season starts, or do you think they've already decided what they're going to do? Well, I think they have a plan, but I think that uh... – I, I don't think money is an issue. I don't think they have any big con, big money contract guys that are, you know, like some like Snacks Harrison three years ago and what was it, Mike, uh, what was his last name from Green Bay? Mike Daniels. Guys they had, yeah, Mike Daniels, big contract guys who got nothing out of. You know, that's, you know, well-intentioned and all that. And 
and you know, a couple of them, you know, Snacks Harrison looked good coming in for half a year. And that was it. Got his contract extension, and he was the former Snacks Harrison. So I don't, I don't see anybody on the roster like that. I really don't. Or even, even Adrian Peterson. Much as I liked him, you know, he wasn't a big money player, but I don't see them going after a player like that either. Right. Um, you know, guy on a right. on the last year of not just his contract, but probably the last year is is a useful to any degree a player in the National Football League. Now, I, I think they'll I think they'll have a mix of what you're talking about, but I don't think it'll be a financial financially driven at all. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I I don't get a overextended by the preseason games. I don't get overexcited. I don't get underexcited. I'm just looking at the talent level of this team. And I just think when from Bob Quinn's five years, man, this talent level, is, I don't even know if it's as good as when he took over from the last team. Oh, that, absolutely not. It isn't. It's not yeah, even close. The last team that um, the, the, he took over after the 79 season. So he had two years with Caldwell. So just no, say this. Bob Quinn. They were nine and seven, two straight years. Right, yeah. those were with Quinn. I'm saying when Quinn took yeah. over, it was after the '79 right. season. I'm trying to think of that '79 well, was... season, though. The talent that he took over from that team is it better than right now? And I don't. Yes, it's not even close. You think it's better now than that team? Absolutely. Is it better now? No, I'm talking that those teams were better. Than yeah, what that's they what I'm saying. Now. So I don't think he improved yeah. the talent in five years. He's had some players here and there, like a Galladay and players, you know, that became good. But just overall talent-wise, that 79 team probably had more talent. Well, that 79 team, that was probably a fluke in both directions. They never should have been 1-7. and seven, And they probably shouldn't have been 6-2. and two, Although I thought they were – I thought once they beat Green Bay in the first game after the, uh, after the bye, I thought they had a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. And it hadn't been for a humongous coaching error in that – a Hail Mary play, they would have made the playoffs. They would have finished nine and seven. Yeah, we, yeah, we can go in and debate that till the cows come no, home. But that matter. was coaching, right. pure it, and simple. It, sure, it matters. It don't matter. It don't matter now. It, it happened. And like I said, the play never should happen anyway because Aaron Rodgers didn't get face masked on the play before. So it, maybe it was coaching on the play after that. But the, the game should have been over. You know, if you remember that um, DN, the one that came from South Carolina. Grabbed him by the shoulder. He didn't even grab him in the face. You do remember that, don't you, Mike? Yeah, I cover the games. I take okay. notes. All right. Well, I don't know if you can keep your notes from five years ago. But anyway, so, all right. In between my ears. So, we're looking forward to this. What about the kickers before we go? You think they got the right kickers here? I, neither one of them have impressed me. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, Randy Bullock, has, he's had a long career already. He's played. You know, he said he's had stability at the starts and stability at the last four years with the Cincinnati Bengals. Played on a couple of teams in between. You know, he kind of struggled there in, in practice one day, and he had a he had a couple of misses, long distance misses in the first preseason game. But I'm, I'm sorry at the at the at the, uh, at the workout at, uh, at at Ford Field, the, you know, the public practice at Ford Field, he missed a couple there. I think he's kind of righted the ship since then. And we'll see. I tell you one thing, they got a great punter. Great, not good. Great. Right, don't change the subject on me now. We talking kicker. I know the pun is great. We got that. Um, before we I'm go, just, I'm, I'm just checking. I'm just checking to see how much you know. Yeah. All right. One last thing, Jared Goff. You think he'll be adequate for the season? Yeah, adequate. Yeah, sure. Okay. Adequate. Okay. So he has a ceiling in your estimation. 
I didn't say that, and that's not what you asked. I said it'll be adequate. No, I'm asking you. I said, does he have a ceiling of where, talent-wise, where he will perform at? What do you think you know, is still to be written? I want to see him play. I know he's been to a Super Bowl. I know he's been to two Pro Bowls. I want to see him in Detroit with the limited assets offensively. I want to see how he does. Mm-hmm. I'll make a judgment after I see him play. I'm just want to get this. That's one thing I want to come out of this year knowing if you're going to need a quarterback high, I'm still going to draft one next year regardless somewhere, whether you're going to need it high and Jared Goff can float you for three or four years or you got – make a decision that he's not going to be the guy and you better start looking for the next guy at whatever means by whatever means necessary. Well, like I said, we'll see, you know, that's, you give him the whole year to decide that though, wouldn't you? Well, what are you going to do in the middle of the year? Well, you no, hey, hey, you don't have any choice. I'm going to tell you this one thing. I've seen quarterbacks develop from backups to become starters in this league. And when they got an opportunity, and whether you can laugh about it or not, and I'm not a big David Blau fan, but the kid won in college. He beat Ohio State. Michigan didn't. The kid, he knows how to play, it looks like. I ain't say he's the greatest thing, but sometimes guys just develop. I mean, if you get to the point where you think that golf is not doing it, maybe you turn it over to him for the rest of the year and find out what you get. Well, I don't agree on that. I'm not as big on that. You find out what you got as you are. Because that's what video is for, and that's what practice is for. You often, you generally know what you have before you put them in. Now, sometimes some guys rise to the occasion, and some guys, other guys fail at the same occasion. But we'll find out. All right. Justin Fields watch. He didn't really have a great game the other day, so I'm keeping my Justin Fields watch because you know that's the other guy for me. Uh, he almost got his head torn off the other day too. So you got to be careful out there. This ain't the uh, college football where you can just run around and think you're not going to get hit. Right. So. But it's interesting, though. These quarterbacks, I watched all of them this last weekend, these young, these uh, rookies, these first-rounders, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they get their bumps and blows as they develop and how they, you know, progress through the season. So we'll see. And Penny Sewell, we'll see how he progresses during the season. So that'll do it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to get into all of this, but I'll say from what I've seen, the one who throws the cleanest ball, and I'm surprised, Zach Wilson. Delivery instinct, uh, just a great, great tw- trigger. I'm, I'm surprised. I really am. Over Trevor, over Trevor Lawrence, throws a clean. I just ball. said he throws the yep. throws the cleanest ball. Yeah. yeah. The only thing, well, I think his thing is size, though, man. I he he's a, he's a slight guy out there, man. They talking about Aaron Rodgers and things, but Aaron, he, he, I don't know if he can. I hope he can take the beating because uh, he looks slight. That's the only thing about him. But throwing the ball, I agree with you. I thought. He threw. He 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 really knows how to manipulate the pocket and throw the ball. I agree. So, we'll see. All right, I Mike. Yo. I just got a text message from Drew Brees. It says, "How did I ever make it?" Okay. No, no, no. Before you type, <laughs> put hey, type this back. Remember the first early uh, San Diego years, Drew. You didn't make it. Okay. Let's not come in thinking Drew Brees came right in and started his Hall of Fame career. There was plenty, was of, start, was, plenty was of question marks before he – there was plenty of question marks in San Diego. Mm-hmm. All right, don't be trying to get smart with me now, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And they took the wrong guy. Yeah, they did. All right, Mike. All right, Kenny Brown. We'll talk next week uh, when cut down right. after cut down. What are we going to do for two weeks without football? Because the cut down will be this weekend, but then they don't play the next week, so – We'll be able to talk about nothing.
Absolutely. People talk about football 13 months a year. I see. Always find something. And that's the problem. But not with us on the K&M Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Join us next week.